I don't need to read anything, so I don't need one. I, I can read this mug, so I'm good. You like the heel? It's all. Is it hard to walk in? It's easier to run for some reason. It's easier to run than walk in? So if somebody were to chase me right now, I think I might be okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing what people, what women go through to be beautiful. <laughs> huh? You want to race, Jess? Huh? You want to race? Okay. I think you might Good morning. Welcome to church. Um, please no food and drink on this side. Uh, please silence the cell phones if you haven't already. Thank you. Nice. Troy. Uh, bathroom is outside this door to the left. Um, it is a fellowship, so when the mic comes to you, keep it about this distance. And um, anyone who wants to move up, feel free. If not, um, thank you for coming to Jesse. Did you ride in on a on a carpet today? <laughs> you look like the guy that ride the carpet. He's on the Aladdin MCM. Yeah. <laughs> I actually regret it. You regret it. <laughs> <laughs> I have that, that middle school feeling when Good morning. Welcome to church. I am Jesse Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. You can get involved by going to the YouTube channel and Hake will take your questions and comments. All right. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. morning. How y'all? Good. Uh, Anybody here the first time? Amazing. What's your name? How did you hear about us? Rico. Rico. How did you hear about us? Uh, My brother. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, sir. Lucas, I know you from uh, my friend here, Vincent. Right on. From YouTube, we're from Montreal. So we're coming along. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Nice. French Canadian. French and Indian? <laughs> what did you say? French Canadian. Oh, nice. Welcome, man. Thank you. That's amazing. Um, right here. Uh, my name is Nicody Humphreys. I heard of you through YouTube. And this is your first time on Sunday, right? First time at church. Right on. Yeah. Welcome, man. Yeah, I love all people. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, any questions? Anybody have a life this week? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. It was a jam-packed week. I feel like uh, things were coming at me left and right. Um, I went and caught the Dodger first game with my buddy. Um, and I went and had some food at a place that shows the game. We watched the game. And I rode my motorcycle there. And, um, you know, uh, one buddy showed up. And it was getting late. And then it started raining. And so I thought, I don't really feel comfortable riding my motorcycle in the rain especially in L.A., gets through, the roads get really slick, so I got a ride from someone. 
and I left, right? The people that own the restaurant, they know me, so they put the bike up in the back corner of the parking lot. Uh, I left probably around whatever. The restaurant closes around midnight, and they all left. I came back in the morning for my motorcycle, and the guy tells me, oh, yeah, you forgot your helmet here. I go, I know, I'm getting my motorcycle. And he says, oh, I thought you picked it up this morning. It's not back there. So I went back there, and I was like, you're joking, right? And of course, my motorcycle is gone. Uh, we look at the security camera, and sure enough, 30 minutes after the place closes, not even an hour, tall black guy walks up with a backpack and just, like, pushes my motorcycle away like it's his. I called the cops. I filed the police report. I did all that stuff, and I just sat there thinking, you know, everyone there was like, oh, it's so, we're so sorry, and you're going to find it and this and that. Yeah, they just, this guy just walked off with my motorcycle. Are they able to turn it on without a key? Nope. He just pushed it down Sunset Boulevard, apparently. Oh, without. Yeah, he just must have pushed it because there's a key ignition and I have a special switch I put on all my cars that's like a, it's a kill switch. It's like hidden. If you don't know where it's at and you don't know how to weed wiring, you're not going to be able to get it on even with a key. So he just pushed it away. And so I was sitting there with that thought in that moment of like, Oh, the world is so against me. And like, I, I, I remember these situations, right? That's how I normally would react. The world's against me. Woe is me. They're trying to hurt me. Like, I'm such a victim right here. And then I stopped and I thought about it. And I was like, you know, I got a good run out of that motorcycle. It didn't cost me a lot. I put a lot of like elbow grease into it to make the money I spent on it worth every penny of the years I had it. And long story short, I sat there thinking like, whatever's going on in this guy's life, uh, that makes him think like he's entitled to take something that's not his. Like I don't want to grab a hold of that and be like another victim and then like get mad at them or this and that. So I filed my police report and I thought, you know, can't do anything about it. If it comes back to me, it comes back to me. If it doesn't, oh well. And my friends with me were like, no, you should be angry. And I was like, nah, like I'm, I'm not angry. And it got me thinking about a, a biblical passage I had read um, the day before that was, I forget which one it was, but it was basically like, um, what are your if, essentially like what is your thought around like does it would it upset you if like God also favored your enemies something like that and I'm just like I'm not I kept thinking about it I was like I'm just not in the in a position right now in my life where I want to put that victim narrative on myself where I want to blame someone else I mean surely it's his fault he took it but like I can't I walked away I just walked home I could have called a car could have called for a ride I was like just going to walk home. Like, I need to just reflect on what just happened. And I didn't feel myself getting angry. I just felt myself thinking this happened. It's unfortunate. It's amazing that it happened within 30 minutes. I have it on camera. And there's just, like, nothing that can be done. Amazing. And so. Interesting, man. Yeah. Nice. Um, how many of you have fear? You have fear. What's your fear? I talk to a lot of people and a lot of people, all people, have fear. And so before I get into I want to know, what is, did you have your hand? You too? What's your fear? Take the mic for me. I'd say maybe to be alone. To be alone? To be truly alone. And what do you mean by that? To be... To be... I don't really know, to be honest. You're afraid of being alone. And so what do you do about it? What do you, what do, you do about your fears? I try not to think about it. You try not to think about it? And does it go away? Obviously, no. No, it doesn't? Oh, okay. 
No. What are your What is your fear? Uh, I guess just like fears about everything in the day to day life. Uh, hard to say. Like, so we're on a long trip here. Like we we left from Montreal and we just drove. Although I want to speak from the chest. From the chest. From yeah. the stomach. Where did Where does hate want? From the chest. Yeah. Okay, so we are in a long trip. You know trip. that's the anchor baby from Canada, right? Yeah, we spoke with them. Oh, yeah. okay. Nice. OAST. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that's your people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the great land of Canada. <laughs> okay, yeah. go ahead. But yeah, so it's just like small fear, like uh, just trying to plan the trip. Like you, you have to, like every time I, I feel like when I'm projecting the future, then I, I, I kind of uh, have fears about like what's going to happen or even just coming here like, I don't know you a lot. I just know you from, from my friend, but right. just coming here, it's like, a, a, you know, just thinking about the future, like, it brings you fear. But then I feel like when you, you just lay back a bit and, like, take every moment as they come, like, just live in the moment, then it kind of goes away. Oh, it goes away. Yeah. And does it come back later? Yeah, of course. It does come back. Yeah. So it doesn't go away. It just settles for a minute. Yeah. Oh, okay. Amazing. Yeah. What's your, did you have your hand, Raymond? Yes. What's your fear? The fear of failure. The fear of failure? Failure. What does that feel like? What's that? That I didn't do, uh, do what was right. And so what do you do about that fear? I, on this, I sit down and realize that I can do nothing about it. Amazing. It's amazing that people have failure, fear of failure. If you've not succeeded, you've already failed. So, it's just interesting. Okay, thank you. You have your hand? No. Oh, you did not? Oh, okay. Um, you have fear? I don't, I don't even know what like, fear means, but, like, I don't think, I feel like fear is like a strong emotion. But um, I know we're supposed to fear God, right? Yeah, you fear God? I, yeah, I, I you know fear God because I, I don't fear. Any, I don't think I really fear anything, but I, you know I, I'm scared of a, a lot of things. I'm nervous. I get nervous about a lot of things, but well, fear. That is fear. Give me an example of something that can make you nervous. Uh, like imminent danger. Like if I see something like about to happen, or I, you know, I get, I get, I get nervous. I'm like, oh, you know. Oh, okay. And what do you do about it? <sighs> I don't do anything about it. I just sit there and try to figure out how to, you know, get out of that situation if it's, you know, a threat okay. or anything. Amazing. But, yeah, I don't think I have any fears, but, I, I, you know, I get scared a lot. Okay. Yeah. Um, anybody else have fear? Yes, sir. So. Um, What's your fear? Sometimes I allow... Uh, when I listen to the news and I hear uh, uh, people going crazy, I, I, I was listening to the city council meeting and I'm hearing people screaming and yelling, and and it uh, brought fear to my heart because I, in other countries the same thing has happened and it's destroyed them, and and so uh, a lot of you know sometimes I get into my I'll see it, and I just like, oh my God, we're so gonna. You have fear. I, I, I've had fear. Yes, I've experienced and, fear. And what did you do about it? We've. So, um, 
I realized I was in the in my imagination, in my thoughts, and believing believing what I hear, and and then the devil was telling me, you know, trying to frighten me, and so I had to. I do a mechanical thing, you know. Um, you know, you're supposed to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. So I, I try to dwell on that mechanically and come out of my thoughts and my imagination. Does that help your fear? It disappears. It does. It doesn't come back later. Well, it did when I heard the listened to that program. So it does come back. <laughs> yeah. It does. Okay. I, I mean, I need to focus. I need to. I need to be, you know, 100% just living for him with all my heart, soul, and mind. And then that wouldn't allow me Do to fall. Do you think that would get rid of fear? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You got, you got something I can try? <laughs> so loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind doesn't work. <laughs> If it worked, then I wouldn't have this problem, would I? So, Matthew, it doesn't work? I don't know, man. I'm uh, just I'm you confused don't know if it right works now. Or not. Huh? You don't know if it works or not? Well, it came back, so uh, I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> okay. Uh, you guys don't have fear? Everybody yeah, has here. fear. You can't answer for them. He doesn't know what to do with his. <laughs> you um, don't have fear? No, I think I do. You do have yeah. it? Yeah. And w- what's your fear? I think for me it's looking like an idiot. Looking like an idiot? Yeah. Amazing. And then what does an idiot look like? Um, hmm. I guess for me it would be, well, I guess it's looking like an idiot also tied in with afraid of like putting myself out there in fear of looking like an idiot, I suppose. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so what do you do about it? Um, now I see it, and I think it's silly, and so I just do it anyway. Whatever the thing that I think is going to make me look kind of dumb, I just give it a try anyway. And does it come back? Um, it's rare, but this, this thing came back, and I just decided, well, let's try it. Let's see. Okay. But before then, I used to be more... Um, not peaceful, but I wouldn't really have that internal fear. This is like, I guess, a somewhat new thing that I saw in me, and I thought it was interesting, and I thought, well, I don't want to shy away from this thing, so I'll just do it anyway. You see there? Yeah, a little bit. And you don't have fear? No. And you never have fear? No, I've had fear. I was just sitting here thinking about uh, what caused, when I did have fear, what was the cause of it, and it was totally living in my imagination and believing in the thoughts, uh, looking towards the future that didn't exist. That would be the biggest thing. And so I think. now you don't experience fear at all. It went, so how did you get rid of it? A silent prayer, sitting, being still, being quiet, um, realizing that I need to stay in the moment. Oh, okay. And so you never stay in the present. You. Okay. Don't look for don't look to the future having that wait and see attitude 
And that's why I say, because the future, like the guy said, you sometimes you get anxious just thinking about what's going to happen in the future. If you have a situation in front of you, something you have to do, and then you think about, you get in your mind about it, like, oh, I wonder how it's going to work out. I wonder if I do this or if I say this. But if you just let all that go and just stay in the present and do what's ahead of, in front of you to do in the moment, it just works out fine. Okay. Amazing. You have fear, anchor baby. Me? Yeah. You do. I do. And what's your fear? Um, you know, so I'm not sure. At first, I think about fear. I'm like, I don't know. I don't seem to be afraid of the things that maybe I should be afraid of. Like, there was a there was a homeless guy. This sounds unbelievable, but there was a homeless guy with a clown mask. It was like almost like out of a purge movie, and and. And he was like sing-songing. It was early in the morning, me trying to get into the office. I'm like, am I going to die here? But I didn't feel fear. <laughs> no, I, I felt fear like when like, I'm talking to people. <laughs> and, they, and I think, what are they? Oh, did they misunderstand what I just said? Or, <laughs> or are, what are they thinking of me? That's when I feel and fear. What do you do about it when you're feeling that way? Um, nothing usually. Like in the conversation and stuff like that, uh, nothing. You don't do <laughs> I anything? just feel dumb and... And just keep talking and keep going. And does the uh, fear go away? Uh, yeah, it does. And does it come back again another day? Yes, it does. Oh. So it doesn't really go away. No, no, no. I don't think it really goes away. What it is is I'm. It is it is going away in a sense though. There is something that's diminishing. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. What's so funny? Why you laughing? Fear speaking. But okay, whatever. <laughs> huh? Yes, sir. So I've had this fear for, you know, since I was a little kid. I can remember being a little kid getting it from, um, you know, four or five years old. And then going to school and um, getting into fights and and fighting people and getting beat up. And I think that's kind of where I kind of lost my my courage to, uh, you know, getting in physical fights and then... And then I was the little guy, you know, it was the little guy that got picked on. So I had to learn how to how to fight. And um, and so the fighting uh, ended ended up I ended up growing up and then still the the, the type of uh, things that I would get into would bring fear, you know, taking a test or dealing with people in a lot of ways. And so uh, it, it 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 just the fear changed and it grew. Uh, okay. To adulthood, and so um, I mean, you gotta. Sometimes you gotta fight, and you gotta you gotta argue. Do you believe it's possible to live a life without fear? I've heard stories like that. You know, like Christ, he was afraid of no man. He was afraid. You know. Do you believe it's possible to live a life with no fear? Yes. You do believe it? Yes. Oh, okay. That's why I'm here. All right, right here. You have fear. Yes, I fear, I don't have fear for myself, really, as much as I have fear, like for the children or for my grandson, for the future. And then I try to catch it, I don't say it out loud, I think about it, and then I try to pull back on it. Because I, that's what I will always, I mean, I'm, I've always said that if you, I can make one dif, a difference in one kid's life a day, at least I'm I'll feel like I did something good, you know, if I can make a good difference in a child's life. And so in what I was doing in my work and stuff, I was working with children. And then the world just got 
I don't know, California at least just started getting all messed up. And now I just think, I, I just fear that maybe there's really not a great future for so that. So what does it feel like to have fear for someone else? Um, I feel it's, um, it's kind of like just a, a sad feeling um, because the future does not, it looks so bleak. <laughs> so it's not for someone else, it's your fear. No, it's not for me because I'll be long gone. When, he, when he's having to deal with being um, maybe trying to buy a house or, or you know, the, the children of today trying to get to where we've, you know, I've already been, uh, it's sad because they don't, they don't have a, so like. So you feel inwardly, you feel sad for someone else. You yeah, I do. You feel fear for them. Yeah. And, <laughs> but I don't understand how you could feel fear for someone else when you don't know what they are feeling. You're right, but the, as a... Do you tell yourself it's for them? No, no, no. I, I fear for, the, for children that are in this world because of, will they really have a future when it's so messed well, up? Well, kids don't That's have do. fear. How do you take on something that they don't have? You're right. They don't. I take it on because this person that I, you know, I always think about his future happens to be my relative. So as a maternal uh, grandmother, I, I don't know. I don't know. How. And what do you do about that fear? Try to make him happy at the moment. Just try to, so it will turn my head to a fun time. Oh. Um, you know. So it's all about you and not about him. But you tell yourself it's about him? Well, that's, yeah, I guess you're right. It is about me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about it like that. But, you know, it's just like people hurting kids and doing all this stuff or, or the schools um, being so crazy. Right. Um, it makes me, it, to me... Yeah, it's sad. You know, to me, it is sad. But, if but you're not sad, for me. Yeah. <laughs> He's the one that has to go to school. So I think all those kids are, are not well off, being that they have to go to that messed up school or, or this, you know. They and can't so, walk home. Kids can't go to the store around the corner. It's just, it's messed up. Okay. <laughs> and, it's, and so it's, more, it's about you then, not about them. But you tell yourself it's about them. I guess. I, I don't know. I because don't know. they're not afraid and they're not feeling the way you feel. Well, I would love to just say, get on your bike and go to the store. Right. Like my mom used to tell us. And they're, they're afraid, too. He's afraid, too. He but knows he's not supposed you, to, but I... I, I know, but know. if you make him afraid, he, if you say, well, get on your bike and go to the store, but watch out for the rapists. <laughs> watch, out for the, watch out for the person that's robbing the store. So you put your fears no, into No, I, I don't do that. No. Well, I, I know by saying that kids don't normally just be afraid. Yeah, right. right, right you know right. what I'm saying? Nice. Yep. yep. You have fear? I do. What's your fear? It's uh, similar to what she said about uh, future scenarios that are all, all in my head. Uh, and what do you do about it, your fear? I, I go to it. And I let it pass through me. It doesn't come back? Yeah, it does. It doesn't come back. Do you believe you can live a life without fear? No. You don't believe it? Okay. You have fear? I do, actually. Uh, one of the fears that I grew up with, it's a little combination of what the lady said in front and the gentleman about failure and looking like uh, coming off as an idiot, mostly <laughs> because... Uh, 
uh, since I was a kid, I've always had to wear hearing aids. And so my fear was not being able to hear others. And, um, and then because of that, failing in my work and my job. So uh, growing up, I just had to deal with that challenge and uh, that humiliation. So it was always, the fear was always up front. Now, in my adult life, I don't have the same fear, I would say, as I did at once. But it still creeps up sometimes. Just like coming here, when I was asking my brother, am I going to have to speak? I was afraid that I was not going to be able to hear, right? Right. Uh, fortunately, it's been, it's been okay. I've been able to hear. So, uh, But it's still, nonetheless, it's a fear. It still comes up. So now I see it more like, how do I turn channel this into a, you know, something else that I have to overcome, another challenge, instead of letting the fear kind of take hold, if you will. Amazing. Um, so you feel, you, you had the feeling, you've had the feeling of failure. Yes. What does that feel like? Uh, I mean, failure compared to what? Yeah, so failure compared, like say, uh, in context of, uh, let's say my peers, the people that I grew up with either in school or at home, uh, just in conversations, I'm not able to understand what they're saying or not able to perform. Uh, like if I, when I play Little League, not being able to hear. Oh, uh, I so see. I felt like a failure there because I would see how everybody would react. And I felt that at a disadvantage in many ways. So that was later on as it started growing up, then that's when I kind of felt that it was a, a, something that I failed, that I could not accomplish because I, I had that issue. Um, well, that's interesting. So you still have that off and on sometime now? Yeah, definitely, especially now, like not so much outside, but more like at work sometimes. It's in my position, I have to be able to hear and sometimes I still have that fear of uh, I'm not going to hear them very well or in a meeting. Like, if I'm not going to hear, how am I going to respond? So, yes, it definitely creeps up. And, and, um, and many times I do just ask, like, can you speak louder? Or I try to make it a point to get closer. I try to do things to, you know, get past that fear. But it still, it still right. comes up. So do you have on hearing aids now? I do. Mm-hmm. I wear hearing aids. Uh, can you turn them up? There, there's, there, there's a certain, to a certain level that I can increase the volume, but even then, it's still never going to be the same. Like, uh-huh. I, I'll be able to, let's say, I'll be able to hear you, but I won't be able to understand what you're saying right. until I, unless I get to a certain distance. So, um, so yeah, it's never going to be 100%, so I'm always going to have to kind of work with that. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. Do you have anger? Uh, I, I would say, yeah, I would. I, I I would think I, I do have a little bit of anger. I mean, I wouldn't say not as much as I used to. Again, growing up to a certain extent, uh, anger was also part of my forefront, not able, being angry, not able to, uh, just growing up in life itself, it teaches you how to get past those, those challenges. I just turn them into challenges. Oh, okay. I had someone tell me, like, you have a hearing problem, but you know what, it's their problem. If, if they should, the other person that's talking to you should make it a point to, uh, you know, so you can hear them because it's, it's, it's something that you were born with. And, and I was also told, yes, that, that is like a hidden visibility. You can't see when somebody has a hearing problem unless you talk to them. Right. So it's not like an obvious physical disability. Somebody that's blind or somebody that's, that has a you know, crippled problem, right away you cater to them. But somebody with a hearing problem, how do you know? Not until you talk to them. Right. And it's one of those uh, issues where... A lot of people are not very patient, and I experienced that as well. So that's where my anger came. Well, okay. Do you believe that you can overcome anger completely? 
Uh, absolutely. I mean, a little bit of anger, I would say it's healthy just like anything, but, you know, it's how, what you, how do you deal with that anger? Now, I, I don't take that, my anger out on people. Uh, once again, I just take it out on that challenge. Like, how do I get past this? Like, why is this getting me angry? You know, just like the, the gentleman here was talking about the story of the motorcycle. And, and, and that's one of those things that, yes, I definitely would feel angry. And I completely agree with your responses. Like, well, what is it going to get me? You know, like, you know, you invested so much into something and now it's gone. Well, then let's, you know, move on to the next. But anger doesn't, really hasn't, um, I couldn't afford. I was already dealing with so many other things with, with this situation that it, I just noticed me getting angry just made it worse. Yeah. Like it just added another layer of something else I had to yeah. get past. What's healthy about anger? Uh, I would say, like, say, for example, all in context, of course, uh, sometimes being angry is it's, it's healthy in a sense where if you're trying to overcome a challenge and it upsets you, so you, you instead of giving up, I would find a different way of, of, of getting past it. So it's, it's like a, uh, it's not, again, it's not an anger, it's not a, towards someone. It's more like towards something and, and for the greater to meet that challenge. So by, by, by angry, I don't necessarily mean, and healthy anger, not necessarily mean towards my brother, my, my friends, my people. Your anger just toward challenges? Yes. Like if I'm having a hard time getting past the challenge, and right. it can get frustrating. And, and with that frustration comes a little bit of anger. And does that make the situation harder when you have the anger? Uh, many times at the moment, yes, but then, then that's the, the, the opportunity where you take the step back and then you calm down, recollect yourself, regroup. Like when they say don't, don't reply to an email when you're angry, right. just write it and step aside. <laughs> oh, <yeah. Right>. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's very true. And in, in my job, I mean, in, in my profession, I have to step, step aside a lot, and, uh, and, and it works. So, so yeah, so that's... Uh, that's way of dealing with it. Do you believe that you can live life without anger at all? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think so. I think the world in of itself is challenging and there's always going to be a little bit of it, a little bit of anger. But again, it, it's, it's understanding uh, where it comes from and how do, you, how do you channel it? How do you deal with it? How do you work with it? So what made you, when you first became angry as a little kid, yeah. what made you angry as a kid? As a kid, it was it was the uh, the again like interacting with like my my peers like when I couldn't hear them, oh, and they would get frustrated, right? And then they wouldn't they're like uh, like I don't want to talk to you anymore. I would get pushed aside, so that I I became angry because of that. And when you would go home and tell your parents, your father, oh, the kids were teasing me about my hearing aid, or I got mad. What would he say to you about it? Well, to be honest, I never told them. I would yep. just kind of dealt with it internally. What would your mother tell you when you told her? Uh, same. I never shared this with her. Why not? Why not with your parents? Not sure why, really, because I, I figured, um, I hate to say it, but it almost something that I kind of internalized, and I just didn't feel that I, I had to let them know. I just kind of dealt with it, and, and obviously I took it out and you know, my younger brothers or, or my behavior, but I never expressed it. Amazing, huh? Um, did your parents irritate you about your hearing aid at the time? Would you get angry at them sometimes? 
Uh, no, because I didn't have a hard time hearing them because they understood. And so they were, you know, they would raise their voice at me and uh-huh. I never took it like they were yelling at me or anything like that. So I never had that issue with them really with, in regards to my hearing. Oh, okay. So you guys are brothers or friends? No, it's my brother, my it's younger brother. brother. Did he ever tell you how to overcome anger? My brother? Yeah. Uh, not directly, but maybe, I guess, uh, you know, through his behaviors and everything that I would see, how he would deal with it, he's a little bit more passive than, than, than me, in a sense. So just by observing, I would notice how he wouldn't get upset at certain things that, I, that I would make me upset. So then, you know, I learned through observation. That's one of my things growing up is just observing. Since I couldn't hear, then I had to see it. Right. And yet interpret things, you know, the way that I would see them. Why, why have you asked him? I noticed that you don't get angry. How is that? What's the secret to that? Why have you asked him about it? It's a good question. Uh, maybe that's something that I will, I will ask uh, <laughs> soon uh, now, coming mm-hmm. after this. Um, but also, I guess, I don't know. That's a good question. That's something that I should. I would definitely uh, consider having this conversation. Yeah. Um, have you heard or read when God said, if you have anger, go and forgive, and he will forgive you? Yes. Have you ever done that? Uh, yes. I, to, yes, I would say that I have. In, in, in many cases, um, I've forgiven a lot of people that, you know, a lot of situations were growing up. Uh, I, I definitely do believe that you shouldn't have any anger. You know, the past is it's the past. We learn from it. Right. Uh, moving forward is how would I deal with this anger? But yes, I have. Um, have you forgiven your mother? Oh, yes. You told her? Yes. You went to your mother and said, I'm sorry for resenting you? Uh, she just, she in, a, in, a, in her own way tried to justify, you know, her actions. And I just made it clear to her that, that I don't need her to justify her actions. I mean, uh, there's one a statement that she would make uh, often was like, nobody taught us how to be parents. And I told her, don't say that because your parents taught you how to be a parent. Yeah. And the same way you're teaching me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn from the best side, the best from, from you as a parent, but also from the worst. Like those are the lessons that I'm teaching. I can't take the good without the bad. So, right. so yeah, when we have that conversation, I just tell her like, I, I don't have any anger towards Towards her. You, told, you have forgiven her? Yes. Oh, good. How about your father? Uh, I have, although I haven't had this conversation with him yet. Why not? Well, right now he's, he's, uh, he's living in Mexico. He kind of retired and head out over there. Oh, okay. But before he left, um, there was a time well, when my parents were going through the divorce, through a divorce, uh, I got closer to my dad, and then I started. We, we did talk a lot about growing up. And I told them, like, uh, you know, I do, have, I do have something to talk to you about. Like, I, there's something that I need to talk to you about. But right now, you know, it's not the right time. And just as the years went by, we, our relationship started getting better. So that's how I know that I have forgiven him. Yeah. But I still haven't spoken to him the way that I've had conversations with my mom. Oh, okay. Yep. Amazing. That's good. The reason I asked about this anger is because... In my counseling and talking to other people all week, I've been asking them, do you have anger? I mean, fear. Do you have fear? 
And they would say, yeah. Everybody would say, yes, I have fear. And I would ask, well, what are, what, what are you, and I heard so many different stories, it's so amazing. What do you fear? One woman told me that she had a friend who is a prostitute, and the neighbor know, the neighborhood know that her friend is a prostitute, right? And she is afraid of hanging out with her friend because of what others may think of her. And so she tried to avoid her friend so that because she's worried about what others think of her. And I'm like, wow, that is so interesting. I, I, oh, but anyway, that was one example. Uh, one person told me that, like somebody else just said, they are afraid of what others think of them. So they, are, they try to present themselves in the right way in order that people would think a certain way of them. But that doesn't work because people still think badly of them. And I'm like, that's interesting, right? Um, one person said that, oh, that they're afraid of dying. Anybody here afraid of dying? You afraid of dying? And why are you afraid of dying? Well, like intellectually, I know that it doesn't really matter. Speak up for me. <coughs> yeah, I'll take my uh, nice. chest voice. Yeah, speak <laughs> yeah. from the yeah. chest. Yeah. So like, I know that it doesn't matter because when once you die, you die, and it's not you anymore. But like, if you just like lie down at night uh, trying to sleep and you just think about it, then it gets scary. Like you just think about like the moment you'll die. It's like it's really hard to. Uh, imagine that's that's actually going to happen for sure yeah. but then again i feel like this is just think about the future too much and just yeah if you lay back and you just live your your life uh, moment to moment it's, it's amazing fine. do you have anger uh yeah i don't think i'm like a an angry person but like everybody else i feel like sometimes there's just something that angers me and is it normal to have anger I guess it's the default state of any any human. I'm sorry? It's like the default state. A default any, state? Yeah. So does that mean it's abnormal? No, I think it's normal. Oh, you think it's normal? Yeah. And why do you think it's normal? Does it feel good to have anger? No, of course not. You'd be not. like, yeah, I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> well. You say it doesn't feel good, right? No, it doesn't feel good. And so default, do you think it's normal to have it? Default mean normal? Yeah, well... I feel like when you work uh, to try to like uh, avoid being angry all the time, then like I feel like it's a work to to get there to to get to the point where you're not angry. But like if you don't do this work, then you're ang- like you you have those angry moments. Or, oh, I see. Yeah. Do you? Oh, I don't know. Do you believe you could do the work and do it better without the anger? What do you mean? Like. Let's say you have a tough job, yeah, and it looks like it's hard to get done. Do you think it will work better without getting angry or getting angry? Oh, I'm sure it's, it works better without getting angry. And have you tried that? Yes, I try to, uh, yeah, to to be the less angry as possible, of course. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did it work? Yeah, it works. Sometimes it's really hard because you get caught up in your in your thoughts, and uh, but it mostly works. Oh, okay. Yeah. Amazing. 
Nice. One person told me that they were afraid of getting old. Anybody afraid of getting old? You afraid of getting old too? I feel like it's the same as dying and as uh, getting angry. It's just like <laughs> that's something you think about and it's scary. But when you think about getting old, what do you think? I don't know. Losing my hair and uh, <laughs> getting uh, losing your hair. Yeah, getting. I don't know. Yeah, just uh, not being able to do the thing that you love to do, just to like get physically ill. Uh, ill. Yeah. Just so you look at. Do you look at? Old people and think, wow, I don't want to be that that way. <laughs> Actually, I do think that, yeah. <laughs> but I know that it's like unavoidable. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so does that bring on uh, fear? Like, wow, look at that old person. That's I, I don't want to end up like that, and <laughs> yeah. it bring on the fear that you might end up that way. Yeah, kinda. I feel mm-hmm. also like. A lot of people feel this way, and that's why you, you try to do something about it. Like you, you work out, you, uh, you, you feel like there's something you can do to avoid it, but it's just it's going to happen, whatever you do. Right. So yeah. even if you worked out and you ate right and you got a lot of rest, you're still going to get old. Yeah, you're still going to get old. So you're like, what the? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're still going to die. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. You, did you have your hand? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you have fear? Well, it's interesting with that question of do you fear death, right? Um, I think I sometimes fear fully living. What does that mean? Um, kind of like, like the concept of fearing just fear itself. Like <clears throat> fearing that uh, sort of like the Garden of Gethsemane or whatever where Jesus was sweating and supposedly crying and like because he knew what had to happen he spiritually was like yes whatever your will father but physically he was still going through like not necessarily the ego death that you talk about but physically just going through the like this is happening and you can spiritually like let go and be like i understand that this is the father's will but I guess what I'm saying is going through that ego death is uh, and then having a moment of seeing all this stuff fall away from your life and you're in it and you see it and you spiritually know that it's the right thing. But physically, you're just like, Father, why are you forsaking me? <laughs> because that's how it maybe feels like that. You're like, I'm doing it. I know it's the right thing, but I'm still going through it physically. And uh-huh. The fear sometimes is to potentially one day have fear. <laughs> anyway. What a mess. If that makes sense or that. You understood that, right? <laughs> and that's all matters. Uh, take the mic to Hake. I want to ask him if he has fear. Hake is in the back uh, because he can't sit up. Uh, it's yeah. interesting. Everybody have fear. You, oh, <laughs> I didn't know you could walk. I can't talk from back there. That's oh, weird. You, oh, you can't? I mean, I can, but that'd be weird. <laughs> it would throw me off because I can hear you through the phone line and through here. Oh, do you have fear? Yeah. And what's your fear? 
Um, I can't really put, I can't really describe what it is or what, I, oh, I, I know one fear. I, I fear, like, physical pain. Like, if somebody is going to do something to me, like if I have to go to the doctor or whatever, oh. <laughs> that messes with me. No wonder you had to go to the doctor. Today. I know. <laughs> but yeah, that's one example of like a fear that I have. Other people have mentioned like death and you fear getting death? old. I think so. I, I fear something about death. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But you don't know what it is? Well, I have this idea about hell and all that stuff. That That's scary. And like the suffering <laughs> that you could... What's your idea about hell? That it's miserable and there's no relief and stuff like that. Oh, you, where'd you learn that? <sighs> Since childhood, like... Oh, uh, no wonder. I'm not sure. So you've been feel, uh, fear of death all your life? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a mess. <laughs> um, do you f- believe that you can live a life without fear? Um, I'm not sure. I, I, um, I don't know if I believe that or not. You don't know I don't, if you Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I actually believe it, but I don't want to not believe it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> uh, um, do you feel losing your hair? Once I started to lose some of my hair, then I, then I realized that I do fear it. But before I didn't, before that ever happened, I didn't, I didn't think it was any big deal. I didn't understand all those commercials. I think every man fear losing hair. <laughs> I don't think that they, I don't the think most men fear it until it starts to happen, though. Right. Yeah. That's part of getting old. <laughs> I think all men are going to lose their hair except Nick. Nice. Knit hair is the only one that grows longer. doesn't know my number. Amazing. Okay. So you, you have anger? Yeah. Oh, you still have anger? Mm-hmm. Oh. Because everybody who has anger has fear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you have fear? I used to have fear. Do you have fear? No. You have no fear? You never experienced fear at all now. Mm-hmm. And how did you overcome it? That's a good question. I, I mean, I forgave my mom a long time ago. Um, but even though I did that, I was still kind of, uh, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm out of my head totally, but I... I was still kind of in my head about certain things, and I, you know, went down the path of believing certain things, and that would cause fear or doubt or anything. Um, But once I realized that it's my thoughts that cause all that, the feeling of being scared, the feeling of excitement, all those type of feelings, then I'm kind of learning that you know, as long as I stay out of my head, or at least catch it when it comes, then there really is no fear. Do you have a fear of speaking up? 
I don't fear speaking up. There are times when I don't speak up because I don't see the need to speak up, like at my job. Um, I think if I was, if, I think if I had fear, I would have already freaked out because they, there was, there's three, I, I'm one manager and there's two other managers. And during the COVID, they told us that two of you can go home and stay home and work, and but one of you got to stay. And they were looking for volunteers and um, at first I wasn't going to raise my hand, but I, I raised my hand and I stayed in a handful of tech stayed and I, I mean, it was literally the easiest time I've had at work because there was nobody there. Everybody was scared and stayed at home. Do you fear getting old? No, I, I feel getting, I feel old at times, these old bones in my knee. But I don't, uh, I don't, I don't see myself fearing it. You feel losing your hair? It's oh, it's too, too late. <laughs> too late for that. Huh? That ship has that ship has sailed. When you first start, <laughs> when you first start losing it, did you feel fear of losing it? I probably did. did? I, I think I did. Yeah. And why? That's a good question. I think uh, I think in my life I've made fun of literally everybody that lost their hair. Literally, I mean, of anything, everybody. Oh. In my life, as a young person, me and my friends made a fun of literally everybody. <laughs> and so I think some of that just you know when you start when you're when you have hair and you're young you're a different person but when once you start getting a little older and losing hair and people are looking at you and you're probably i'm thinking oh my god he's probably thinking the same thing i thought about you know <laughs> <laughs> so at that time yeah i i did fear that's why would you do to other you doing it to yourself <laughs> yeah it comes back uh, it's already there no yeah oh i see what you're saying you're yeah. right you're right yeah amazing um okay I still make fun of everybody, says Nick. I'm making fun of you in my head now. Yes, right. So I lost my hair already. And no, All it, of it won't grow into an afro. His like hair is so bald, I can see his brain from here. <laughs> I can see what you're thinking. I actually <laughs> love being like this, bald. It's, Do you feel getting old? No, I don't. That's what's your, not my fear. What's your fear? Oh. What's your, what, why are you right here? So, um, I, I have to take it back. Everybody doesn't have fear. I actually know somebody who's fearless and courageous and uh, uh, takes pain and takes whatever. And, but, but he's a little boy. He's only like two years old. Absolutely fearless, you know. And okay. so, uh, and it reminded me of... Uh, David, as a little boy, 15 years old, he slew a giant. He had no fear, you know. And I, and I noticed that... Uh, Did he cut his head off? He cut his head off with his oh, sword. I didn't know that until he had a shirt on with, mm -hmm. with David holding the man's head. With a, I thought it was like Allah Abba. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't a, know they did With it. a slingshot. He had yeah. five little rocks in his hand, and he was going to slay him... 
and the five other people, four other people behind him, potentially. Or if he missed, he had Amazing. four of the rocks. And he was, he was just a little boy. He was 15 years old. And so, uh, so that's a story I can kind of lean on, you know, because there's, we Does all have take to take away your fear? No. I don't think it's... The story doesn't take your fear away. Uh, it gives me courage. What do you mean? It, makes, it helps me to, th- that I have to, uh, no matter what, I can't go by those feelings. I still have to fight. I have to fight. I have to stand there and fight, sling that, through, you know, that, that slingshot. Um, but it doesn't take away the fear. No. Um, you know, when I look at that little boy, and that little boy, he has, he, the fear is not in his heart. Does that take away your fear to see a little child that's not have fear? No, I, I still have it. Uh-huh. I wish you got something that could take it out, like a magnet or something. You can literally get rid of fear. You can live a life with no fear. Isn't that amazing? Christ came so that we can live life with no fear. My blowing stuff. Um, how do you do it? You said you have no fear, right? Tell her how to do it. And it's a fellowship, so I want to hear from people about this. Let go and give it all to God. Stay and how do you in the, do that? Well, for me, the silent prayer was a big, big deal because you, everything is off and you're there with your own thoughts and you face it and sit through it. Whatever happens, when the fear comes, when the thoughts come, just stay in it, sit through it and let go. And eventually you'll see yourself, you'll see who you really are. In God, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Okay. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, it's been a tough week for me. Um, and you have fear? Yeah, I have three fears. Uh, fear of depression, fear of paying the rent, and fear of inflation and recession. Wow. Those three fears. What does fear of depression feel like? Well, I... I'm kind of depressed because my son is depressed. I mean, like, my son's going off the deep end. And it's like, an, I mean, my 19-year-old is, like, insanely depressed. I, I was on the phone with him, like, two hours last night till 2 or 1 in the morning. And uh, I says, go to church. And he goes, well, this church is not feeding me. He goes, go to another church. And he's wallowing in self-pity. And uh, I'm trying not to be a, a negative jerk to him. So I was like, okay, I got to be, you know, don't be a jerk to him. You know, he's going through depression. I'm like, okay. And I goes, go to church. And he goes, so I called him this morning and he's sleeping in. I call his mom. And I says, so let me ask, what good is it doing him that you're feeling fear for him? I mean, you're feeling depression, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit depressed because of he's depressed. What good is it doing him that you're feeling that way? Oh my goodness! Um, you're killing me. Um, he, I mean, I, I, my son admitted he's he's 19. He says, "Dad, I've been lonely since I was ninth grade." I goes, "What? What are you talking about?" He goes, so "Dad, I haven't good, had any." What good is it doing him that you're taking that on? 
What's good? He doesn't know I'm depressed. I mean, so what he, good are you to him that you're taking it? He, so you have one depressed person telling another one, I'm depressed. But and, I don't tell him I'm depressed. I know, but you know you are, right? You're taking on his depression. What good is that doing? How can you be of help to him if you take it on? He needs a sounding board. He needs a vent. But how good, what good are you doing him if you're just becoming like him? Well, I'm not becoming like, well, I, I mean, like he's, we, my son's going to the deep end. I'm going. I know, but what good is it doing him that you're becoming depressed, taking on <laughs> his depression? It's not doing him any good, but he has no idea that but I'm what's depressed. What's the purpose of taking it on, period? That's what I'm trying to find out. Okay. Uh, I mean, life is rough. And uh, I mean, like, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. I mean, I'm just like this inflation recession is hitting my work. I'm, I'm fearing but of paying my rent. Can you imagine being a son and going to your father and saying, hey, dad, I'm depressed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then thinking that your father is a solid foundation. And then daddy getting depressed. No, but I'm not telling him that. But he has no idea. It. I know, but you, the fact that you're still doing it, you're not going to be of help to him. Uh, he got help last night. He's like, like, like he goes, Dad, I can't confide in Mom. She's not that smart. I can't confide in Aunt because she's absolutely evil. I goes, the only person I can confide is Grandma. But, you know, Grandma's like 83 years old. I goes, man, I can confide in you, Dad. I goes... Okay, and it goes, and I was kind of surprised, you know, and he, he but, was like crying but, on the phone. Well, let me ask, so when he was saying he couldn't confide in these people because of these reasons, and you knew that you were taking on depression as a result, were you thinking to yourself, only if you knew? No, I'm not that cocky. <laughs> I'm not that cocky. I'm, I don't think I'm that infallible as a dad. I, I just don't understand what, how you're going to be of help to him by taking it on. I, I, Even if he doesn't know it, how are you going to give him sound advice? How will you be of help to him if you're going into his darkness? I'm trying. I mean, like, I'm going through my stuff. He's going through my stuff. And, you know, say when it rains, it, when it rains, it pours. I think that's the saying. Wow, my goodness, my, my son's getting dumped on, and I'm getting dumped on. I'm going, oh, my gosh, we're both going in through, through the storms and valleys right now. And it's like, I go, come on. I mean, you know, I told him, look, it, you know, there's ups and downs. He goes, Dad, it's hopeless. I, have, I haven't had a friend since I was ninth grade. And he goes, well, you got to do something about it. He goes, are you introverted? Are you shy? And he goes, no, I'm not. And I goes, well, actually, I think you are. I goes, you should be a little bit more extroverted, right? You know, that's the only way you're going to get some friends, you know? And, and it's like, uh, I'm, I mean, it's hellish right now. I was like, I was like, and I told him, go to church. And right now he's sleeping at grandma's. And I'm like, I'm, you know, and, and, and then his mom's texting me like crazy, you know, <laughs> saying, it's your responsibility as a dad. I goes, I what know. A mess. I, I know. I goes, well, you know what? It's part of having kids, you know. And, and the problem is my, my son says, Dad, it's a toxic environment. But, you know, I got, I, I, you know, it's, he goes, you know, it's just like it's the best I can do what right now. What would you do if you went to God with all that stuff and then God got, became depressed? Or God wasn't able to give you the right answer. <laughs> What would you think of God then? Well, you know what? Speaking of that, my, my son says, look, Dad, Christianity sucks. And I'm going, what? 
And then he's going, he goes, I'm going to go to a different religion because. No, hey, come back. Yeah. Come now. What would you think of God if you went to God with your problems? Okay. And he didn't have any answers. I would be annoyed. So how do you think your son is feeling? I had some answers. I mean, like, I mean, I, I go, so you're going to need a routine. Uh, you need exercise. <laughs> you need to. But that doesn't, add, that doesn't solve spiritual problems. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so, okay, you're right. He's spiritually messed up, I right. guess. Yes, he is. I will admit that. Physical um, things will not solve spiritual problems. Sorry, what's that? Uh, physical things will not resolve spiritual problems. Okay, so what advice would I give a 19-year-old who's in, in clinically depressed and going off the deep end and cried like three or four times over the phone over two hours? What would I say to him? Like, uh, I mean, besides going to church, I'm going to try a new church. If you hate that one, go to another one. If you hate that one, go to another one. It's not about the church. He can go to church until he's black and blue in the face and still have the same problems. It doesn't come from the church either. There's nothing, no one or anything that can solve the problems. Not oh, physical. Okay, well, like what top three things would you recommend for my 19-year-old? Like, like I was, okay, huh? son, Jesse said, do these three <laughs> things. What, but, what would you recommend? I would recommend you get to that place so you can be guided in what to tell him. Because it's not something you can learn. Because if you learn it intellectually, you will tell him the right thing, but it'd be the wrong spirit. So it still wouldn't work. You, so you're saying the answers have to come from me instead of you? No, if he's talking to you, you're his father. He needs real answers that can make him, that he can see by. And overcome. But what are the answers? Like, <laughs> I've already tried to. But that's what you need to be seeking, the answers. So you can, when he comes, you have the answer for him. But you're not, you're not overcoming it yourself. Because you're as afraid, uh, afraid as he is. I mean, yeah, I do have those three fears. Yeah. You know what I mean? Depression, you know, paying my rent and inflation you, recession. Do you believe you can overcome those things? Yes, I do believe it. I mean, but going through, like you said before, you have to endure the pain and then get through it. Are you doing that? I'm enduring it, but it's hellish. I mean, because right now I'm in the process. And And I'm going, wow, this is a mind screw. (laughs) It's a mind screw. It is hard, that's for sure. I mean, I'm going through, like, like right now, and I just what, cut from four days a week to three ha- days a week at work, and now I'm like, what the heck? How do you feel about having to go through it? The ego pain. It's horrific going through it. Uh, they, you have to endure, and like, like, I, I, like, I, like my son's like, you know, other people in this situation would think of committing suicide. And I goes, are you thinking of committing suicide? <laughs> I goes, no, dad, I'm not going to do that. And then he goes, okay. And then he goes, and he goes, what about the family? And he goes, dad, don't worry. I'm not going to harm anyone in the family. I goes, okay. And it's like, okay, so you're not going to be a murderer. You're not going to commit suicide. I was wow. like, okay. I was like, but I'm going, he's definitely in a lot of pain because... I mean, it's weird going having a 
two-hour conversation, and your son is absolutely bawling like three different times during that conversation. I was like, what? My son's like bawling, and he's 19, and he's like big boy, 5'11", 190. I was like, what the heck? Do you heck? fear getting old? Of, of course. And, and why do you fear getting old? When you're old, you're useless. A lot of people think that. You're, oh, when you're old, you're useless? Yeah, a lot of people think that. How do you know that? Um, when you go apply for a job and then you're like, okay, you know, you're 40 plus and then there's another person applying at 31. They have no problem getting work. And, you're, and so you're, you feel getting old because of what other people think about you? You're useless? I don't feel useless, but other people look at me like, oh, wow, 40 plus, garbage. And that's what makes you fear getting old? I... The, old, the only thing I worry about oldness is health problems and employment. Those are the only two real worries as an old person. And do you have health problems now? I have some health problems. Oh, okay. I have some health problems like, uh, oh, I have a pancreatic right. cyst and stuff like that. Amazing. Okay, thank you. Okay. What, uh, what do you think about this conversation? What do I think about it? Um, this whole conversation we've been having this morning, what do you think about it? Well, definitely um, there is a lot of, uh, there's a, an obvious theme here about fear of getting old, like old age. Do you fear that? Uh, honestly, I don't. I don't. I'm actually looking forward to it. You know, I think that, um, I guess pretty short, getting, when you get to that age, like your mind, you know, grows as well. Like you start, you should see things, you should see things differently. I mean, I certainly, I don't, I'm 42. I don't think the same way as I was 32 or 22, right. 12. Yeah. So the way that I see it, it's, um, as I get older, yes. I mean, to good point about the health issues. Definitely. That's, that's there. But if I can do something about it now to, to prevent what I can, then I'll definitely do that. I mean, that's, but then I can. Uh, then again, the things I can't prevent, then I just have to accept them. I you know that's part oh, of okay. life, I suppose. Nice. But um, but yeah, I don't see it too much as fear. I'm more like I don't. Just, I just don't put it. Like I don't think about it too much. Okay, amazing. So the woman that is afraid to hang out with her friend in public because her friend is a prostitute. And she doesn't want other people to think that about her. Mm. What do you think about that situation? Um, it's, if, it's you're putting too much... Um, speak from the chest. <clears throat> I don't see how or why that would matter. Would you, if your friend was a prostitute, would you hang out with your friend sometime in the public? Um... <laughs> well, coming from a place of if I think you'd be judging the person like if you yourself are keeping yourself away from this person because of the fact that they're a prostitute or something like that. Um, that's coming from a place where you you see yourself a certain way you have. Would you hang out with your friend if your friend was a prostitute? Would you hang out with your friend in the public? And you're saying in this situation, the neighbors know and all that stuff. Um, 
I might not, actually. I might keep my distance. And, and why? Um, for me, I think it's like, in the way that, I guess, evil can follow a person in a way that maybe external things in a person's life can seem to follow them, you don't want to be around, I guess, like evil for too long. Maybe that would be one of the reasons why I would maybe keep my distance, in a sense. But Jesus went amongst the worst of the worst, yeah. and he didn't take it on, mm -hmm. but, and he didn't worry about what others thought about him yeah. just because he hanging out with the worst of the worst. It comes from a judgment would, place. I'm sorry? It comes from like a place of judgment, I think. You're judging. So why would you feel, care about what someone else think if they saw you hanging out with the prostitute? You shouldn't, but I think it comes but, but from. But why a, would you? I think it comes from a place of judgment. You seeing yourself a certain way, you seeing the other person a certain way, and um, living your life based off of those judgments that you're making. So you would feel that way because you would be judging, or you say? I think so. Oh. Yeah. And what is it about you that would make you think you have a right to judge someone else? We don't have a right to judge. But But you would be thinking that, though? Um, I guess, yeah. In a so that's the biblical question. Mm -hmm. When you're judging other people, at the time of judging, what are you thinking about yourself? That's just it, though. You're not looking at yourself. For the, when you're judging, I don't think you are looking at yourself like that. Oh, you don't see yourself while you're judging someone no, else? No, I think when you're judging somebody, if you're just looking at that person, just casting the judgment, and you're not looking back at yourself. It's easier to look outward. Have you judged anyone? Yeah. And when you were judging them at the time, what were you thinking about you? Like, I'm wonderful, I don't have any problems, I'm perfect? Maybe after the fact I would um, think something like that, but I think in the middle of the judgment, I don't think I'm looking at myself at all. I just uh, see the person that I'm judging. After that, that's when you can either think, well, who am I to judge? Or maybe think, I'm better than this person. But in the middle of the judgment, I don't think I'm looking at myself at all. Oh, you're not? No. Oh, okay. That's amazing. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, so, yes, it's possible because perfect love casts What's out possible? all fear. To uh, live without fear. Okay. Because perfect love casts out all fear. And when we love God with all our heart, soul, and might and love our neighbor as ourselves, um, we take on that identity. The thing that we've been talking about is like hair, losing hair, getting old, uh, our kids, whatever it is. That's what we've identified with, like you say. And we should only be identifying with God. Um, sort of so like Job or whatever. And when we identify just with God and we doubt the thoughts and the, the doubting and the, oh, what if this happens? What if that happens? Every time we believe those things, we're not believing God because we're believing in the lies and in the doubt. Um, so just having all faith, being all in. Um, Have you done that? Yeah. It doesn't work. Yes, because like even in that ex uh, experience, the thing about the prostitute, it's like the judgment is the fear because we're judging because we don't feel, we still feel weak. Meaning, oh, if I hang out with this prostitute, maybe people are going to think I'm a prostitute. Or I'm hanging out with this prostitute and I'm too weak that I might start becoming a prostitute. <laughs> or, uh, or whatever it is. But, so, yeah, so we're judging because we still lack the all-in faith 
and we're we're actually judging ourselves because we're we don't feel fortified yet a lot of times. So like people will say like, "Oh, why you hang out with you know these girls? Don't you think you're going to like have sex at a wedlock again?" And I'm like, "If I think that, that's that's my issue. That's got nothing to do with the the the, the other people. Okay. That's me not feeling strong and like what you said with Jesus. He walked with everyone cuz he knew he was fortified. Anyway. Okay. Amazing. Yes, sir. You had your hand, right? Okay. Um, I think Hassan kind of nailed it. Um, all the things we're talking about with regards to um, fear. You or, have fear? No. You never have fear? Not anymore. And, and how were you able to overcome it? Um, the short answer, I would say, is faith, right? Um, which is a really broad answer. But What do you mean, faith? That's why I was getting uh, uh, a piggyback on what Hassan was saying. I think all the things we're talking about, and I could speak for myself for fear, uh, is that like it really boils down to having faith in God. What do you um, mean by that? But how does I mean, that take away fear? Though? I, I'll for tell those you. those that don't know, how does you have faith in God? Yes. And that took away all your fear? Yeah. I mean, there's and a so practice that comes with that. fear at all? Not at all. And so how did that take away your fear? Um. So there's like a roadmap for each person, right, that's laid out with, let's say, in the Bible um, of how to get there. We do things like Rochelle talks about the silent prayer. Um, and without going into the details of like day to day, seeing and learning the stories that you see told in the Bible are, are there, at least for me when I read them and I receive them, as an example of how far we can be pushed and how far our faith may be pushed. Um, I don't quite understand what you're saying. Okay. How did faith take finish. away your fear? I'm telling you that. Oh, you are? Yep. Okay. Make uh, it a little simpler there. Look, oh, I mean, I'll make it as simple as I can. Um, look, we all talk about like doing the silent prayer. I would say a big thing um, is cultivating stillness and silence in your life. If you have faith, that will slowly become a less scary proposition. But when you have full faith in God and you do all the daily practices that we talk about here and whatever else might help you get there, you are, um, you're living in that light, in the presence of the light of God. And you're able to, they say, eyes to see, ears to hear. I only mentioned one of the things that happened to me this week. Some other dude tried to fight me randomly outside a coffee shop and I looked at him and he was yelling and I could see, I could see because I see myself now, I could see in him. I was like, oh, he's not mad at me. He's not even mad at the situation. He's just angry. It's Tuesday morning. He's screaming at the top of his lungs. There's nothing I could do about this. I'm not mad at him. I'm not ang- angry at him. I'm not afraid of him. So you say because I can see outside are of you myself. Saying hearing other stories took away your fear. No, I'm saying that once you have eyes to see because you put your faith in God, you can see the same way we do the silent prayer and we observe ourselves. Let's say that you're walking down the road and a okay. stranger come down and they saw your little halo all over you, right? And they say, oh, I can see you sit by God. How do I get over fear? Give me the steps to overcome it, fear. What would you say in a simple way, in a short way? I would say put all your faith in God. Every, every ounce you have, all your doubts, all your fears, everything, when you feel that, cultivate stillness and silence and find 
your find that little light, whatever it is, and let it start to grow. Even if it's for 30 How seconds, a minute. How do I put my faith in God? I've done that. Pray without the, ceasing. The church down the road told me to put my faith in God. How pray, do I do pray that? Pray without ceasing. What did that mean? To, to step into prayer, whatever that might be, in silence. Like you say, if you got a hoop and holler before or after, whatever, fine. But take a time to cultivate silence. That's the best way I can put it. In this world, you, you know why you're afraid of what other people think? It's been weaponized. It's in our social media. We're taught every day. You better not say the wrong thing. And then that's just a form of what we do in person. It's, and it's like everything that we get fed, it's because we're going, going, going. Next time everything is happening in your life, just set a random alarm and like turn everything off. All the lights, the TVs, the phones, everything. And just sit down for 10 minutes. All right. Okay. And, Thank and, you. And there's only one thing I wanted to add. And, oh, and, and this is... No, not old Lord. We were talking about all these different things. I do think it's important. He mentioned David. Um, you know, he mentioned Job. Noah built the ark, not knowing what he was going to do. You know, like Moses didn't know how to publicly speak. And God was like, you're going to deliver my message to all of Israel. Uh, David didn't even wear armor to fight the giant. He didn't Make even want armor short because, because he had his faith in God. He said, there's no way the Philistine can slay me because I have my faith in Christ okay. and God. So just go all in, like you say, go all in. If you go all in and it doesn't work, okay, then, then you found the answer. It doesn't work for you. Okay. But I would suggest going all in for everyone. All right. Yes, ma'am, real fast. I'm running out of time here now. <clears throat> I was just going to say also it's the thoughts too. Like thoughts are so much a part of us and it's everything. And if you can see for yourself through the silence through the staying still through watching your own thoughts and you can start to see for yourself that that's not even my thought like thinking about uh things that are thinking about the past or thinking about the future and getting anxious and getting fear about it you don't nobody likes to feel fear and anxiety right. and so when you really just stay still and let god shine that little light in like he said and the more that you do it, the more that it becomes a practice for you, the more that you spend that time alone and watch the thoughts and be aware so that when that light comes in, it gives you that more awareness and more awareness. And that also is that that can make fear go away. Just letting God shine his light in, everything starts to fall away. But you have to go through the hardest part of it. Okay. Thank you. Uh, to add, what I want to say to you, if you're going through the ego thing, you let that happen. All right? I know it's hard. I know it gets rough. But you go through it anyway. Don't give up on yourself. All right? Thanks. Yeah, stay with it. Stay with it. No matter what. Endure. Yeah, endure. Um, it's abnormal to have anger. It's abnormal to have fear. It's abnormal to have doubt, worry, loneliness, jealousy, envy, strife, uh, revenge. Uh, all this stuff is abnormal. Uh, Christ came and he cleaned all that out. It doesn't really exist. It's an illusion because it's of the devil and the devil is weak. He's just pretending to be strong, but he's weak. He can't really do anything to you except deceive you and you'll do it to yourself because you think it's you. 
you think what you think and feel is you. It's abnormal to not to hang out with the prostitute because of what someone else might think of you. That's not normal. If Christ thought that way, nobody would have been healed. <laughs> he came for the sick. He came for the ones who were lonely and envious and strife and had fear and doubt and worry. So he had to go amongst the people. And then I think some of the people, just some of the Jews get mad at him, like, oh, he's hanging out with prostitutes or something like that. And they didn't like him for it, uh, but something like that. But you can't live a life, you cannot be a son or daughter of God with all this stuff. And that's why it is important to die from the ego. So just to add to what's already been said, but you got to overcome the anger. Anger is abnormal. Children of God do not have anger, but what they have is discernment, meaning they're aware. They're aware at all times. So no matter what you're doing, whether it's work or playing or hanging out or, or nothing at all, you are aware and you can get everything done in a perfect way without even thinking about it. But you got to be aware. It's not normal to have fear, inward fear, right? Spiritual fear. Logical fear, somebody's going to hurt you in a physical way. You want to get out of their way. Some crazy people walking down the road want to hurt you. That's practical fear, protecting yourself. But inward fear, spiritual fear, that's been taken away from us. And the only reason you think that you still have it is because you think that there is an I. I feel fear. I worry about what someone thinks about me. I try to please others. I don't want to hurt someone else's feeling. I take on my son's emotions or somebody else's emotions. You think that you're taking it on when in reality there is no you. This idea of you is an illusion. That's why when you go through the ego death, you're dying away, as Rochelle was saying, you're dying away from that illusion of yourself. You are none of these things that you think that you are. You really are not. But you think you are, so in order to live it out, if you really pay attention to yourself, you put I into it first. I feel this. You're hurting my feelings. You're embarrassing me because you really think there is a you and there is no you. There is no you. It's an illusion. It's a lie straight out of hell. There is no you. The real you, the real you, not this fake you, have no fear, no doubt, no worries, no insecurity. You are perfect. The real you is perfect. But that's why until you, this fake you forgive, because no one on earth has a right to judge anybody. Let ye without sin cast the first stone. Nobody has a right. And if you're judging someone else, it means something wrong with you. And you're trying to make this fate you feel better, whatever it might be. But I promise you, once you overcome that anger, you start to overcome everything else. You start to see by the light and this whole facade, this face, this mask will come off. But you got to see it through. You got to see it through. So the next time you experience fear, 
I want you to welcome that feeling. I want you to wake up with it, have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and supper, and dinner again with the fear. And don't say, I have fear. Just see that you have it, and then you'll become one, and you'll, you'll, it'll fade away. There is no I, and you will see that, wow, I never had fear. It was this fake I that thought I had fear. But you never had it. Don't run from it. Relax in it. And don't try to get away from it by reaching for the phone, calling somebody that you don't even want to talk to anyway, or trying to hold on to anything, anything. If your wife's trying to take your, your child away from you, and uh, you feel fear about it, or you feel worried, and they go to court, and they, take, they threaten to take your money and all that, just tell them, take the child. Don't, don't cut the baby in half. Just take the child. Because the only reason you're freaking out over losing the child, you have a wrong identity with the child. The child gives you a false feeling as well. It makes you feel like you love. You ain't got no love. It makes you feel like a father. It makes you feel like a mother, right? Those are fake feelings. Those are not, there's no feeling to feel like a father. No feeling to being a father. You're just a father. It's just a title you have because you made the baby. You're not a mother. No feeling come with being a mother. If you have feeling for being a mother, you're on an ego trip. It's all ego. I'm a mother. Look at me. I love my child. And now the world thinks you're wonderful, but the child hates you. <laughs> because now you're trying to prove that you are a mother and you're destroying the child. Come on, child. Get mother's love. Have breakfast. Have dinner. Put on your jacket. Do this. You're trying to pretend you have love. It's all fake. It's so fake. And you're not going to know it, though, until you completely give up. There's not one person or one thing on earth that can solve spiritual problems. You got to let go and really let God do it. Because you're living a fake life. How are you going to help the prostitute if you're running away from the prostitute? Because your little ego trip worry about what someone else is going to think about you hanging out with the prostitute. Or whatever it may be, the situation. The runner is worse than the prostitute herself. Because you're on an ego trip, you're thinking you're wonderful and you're not. You're thinking you're better than that person. Because you really haven't paid attention to yourself. One of the most powerful things you can do is know thyself. It runs deep. You're so deep in darkness that you don't even know it. Everything you feel and think and worry about is all ego. It needs to die. It's not the real you. The real you, once this ego die, you'll be anywhere and be at total peace. You won't need anything or want anything or care about anything. It's going to be amazing. But you got to die in order to live. You got to be willing to let go of everything, everyone at all times. And you will go through it. It will be hard because you're so identified with the not you. And it looked like, it feels like you're dying. It feels like you're lonely. It feels like you're sad. But you're not. That's the fake you. 
you just have identified with this not you all your life growing up and no one ever said to you, you know what, stop being angry, it's not happening to you. It's happening to your ego. And, and I'm telling you another thing I want to add, once you see that and start to overcome it, you will never be a follower and never be a leader again. Because in order to be a leader, you got to have some followers. So you think, oh, I'm a leader, so I need to have some followers, right? I'll make my kids follow me. I'll make somebody follow me. And in order to be a, a, a follower, you got to think of other people as a leader. Oh, this person's got the answer. They have the answer. I'm going to go to them. They have the answer. And then when they don't have your little answer that you think they should have, you're ready to kill them. You turn on them just like that. And I realized, hey, that was me thinking that that person had the answer for me. Nobody has the answer. No one has it but God. And when you give up and let this thing, your ego die, in order to live, you must die. And when you give up trying to use people, places, and things to feel better, then you shall know God. You would know him. And he would you will follow, the real you will follow the spirit of God. It's abnormal to have, to have a leader, a leader, a physical leader. It's abnormal. In the good old days, we weren't even taught that anyway. We were told never to follow another person. That doesn't mean you don't learn and listen and let it go in one ear and out the other. You don't fellowship. But don't let, don't become so unconscious that you can't see that you have made that person your God. And they're not, it's not their fault you did that. But because you're not ready to see your own fault, you'll blame them for it. You're the one looking on the outside for the answers. And people are no good. Anybody that want to be your leader is no good. That's a lost person. Any questions about that? That makes sense. But you, all this stuff, it's not real. You are free. Christ came and made us free. But the us that is free, you don't even know that person anymore. But you can know that person. We got to shed off the mask. You got to take off the old clothes and you'll see the new, the real person. So here's what you do again. The next time you have fear, and you will, relax in it. Don't try to get away from it. Don't get high to run away from it. Don't call up someone to get away from it. Don't do anything but just live in it. Feel it and, do, and go through it. Face it. Go through it and you'll be done with it. And don't let the devil talk you out of it. Because he doesn't want, he doesn't want to leave you. He wants your soul. He wants your soul so he can give you all kinds of crazy ideas. And it's not true that, I know I hear all the time, well, it's normal to be angry. Everybody is angry. That's a normal way. That's a lie. Mm-hmm. It is not normal to have fear and doubt and worry and all that stuff. So just go through it. It's time to go through it. All right? That makes sense a little bit? Oh, yeah. Amazing. Any questions about that? Okay, so 
if I understand, it's like, okay, so to not have fear, like to live a life without fear or without anger, like, does it mean that you never have fear and anger or it means that it, like you have the feeling that happens but you, you get detached from it? Once that ego die, yeah. you will never have fear again, nor anger. It, it doesn't because, even come up to you? I'm sorry? It doesn't even come up to you? Like no, if, it doesn't even occur to you. Okay. But you got to forgive, starting with mama, mm-hmm. forgive your mothers, and forgive your fathers. Hey, I'm sorry for resenting you. When you get to know yourself, you're going to see the issues that you have, like the fear, mm-hmm. the doubt. They have the same thing. It came from them to you, especially the mother. It came from your mama to you. Mm-hmm. And, and by when you were a little kid and you resented her for imposing her will on you or trying to turn you away from your father yeah. or pretending that she was a victim. Yeah. Women are not victims, right? If your dad had beat up your mama, it was because of her and him. They both hated each other. It has nothing to do with the woman being the victim and the father being the bully. It's not that way. But once you see that, you forgive them, knowing that they can't help themselves. When you see it spiritually, not intellectually, mm-hmm. when you truly see it inside, you go and apologize. Hey, I'm sorry for resenting you. I realize now you can help yourself. And God will forgive you. And he'll take the spirit of anger away from you. And once he takes which is the nature of the devil, once he take that away from you, no matter what happened in life, you would never have anger again. You wouldn't even think about being angry because it no, it's no longer your nature. Hmm. And then you would start to, which is the light of God, he would start to destroy the ego nature for you. You have the help now, which is the light of God, the love of God, the mercy of God to destroy the ego nature that you think is you. He will get rid of that. That's, why, that's what it means to endure and let the ego die. You now have the help to get that done because you can't do it on your own. And he will destroy the, you know, make the heart right by turning from hate to love, and he will fight the ego and get rid of it for you. Okay. Because you can't do it on yourself. But once you truly forgive spiritually, no matter what happens, you will never know anger again. It, it wouldn't even touch you. You wouldn't even think to be angry. Mm-hmm. Someone would say, oh, did that person embarrass you? Let's say that you and your lady is out somewhere, your girl is out. And the old girl come over and she's jealous because you with another girl. And she's like, ew, he didn't treat me that way. <laughs> he cheated on me and everybody looking and normally you feel embarrassed about it right yeah. but you wouldn't feel anything you wouldn't get angry and it wouldn't be that you're not trying not to feel that way it just wouldn't occur to you to feel that way it just wouldn't be a part of your nature yeah because That's you're detached from, from so what because you're detached it's not your you're not in your uh, like you don't let your ego talk. It's like yeah, they'll be gone. Yeah, okay. They wouldn't exist for you. Uh huh. It would not exist. Yeah, thank you. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Have you forgiven your mother? Sorry. Did you forgive your mother yet? Not explicitly. Why not? Something like that's something that. Uh, 
feels weird weird to do. It's like uh, just come up to my mother and tell her I'm sorry. It feels uh, strange, but and, and why is that weird? Well, I don't know. Maybe it comes from nowhere. Just like uh, I have a normal conversation with her, and then I would just come up to her and say I'm sorry about. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I should. <laughs> do you do do you ever get angry at her inside? Well, I don't think so, but I might be like I might be angry for uh, like things that happened in, happened in the past. Yes. Uh, maybe it's just like repressed or like deep down. And, but, well, pay attention to it to yeah. those things and those little things that irritate you about her. You know, like she wants you to call her every day, or she always asks, "Oh, did you eat today?" or mm. Blah, 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 right? Those mm-hmm. are irritating things. is anger. <laughs> and when you see that, that's what you need to go and, hey, I'm sorry for resenting you. She couldn't help it. Yeah. And I'm sorry for resenting you. Uh, and don't ask for forgiveness. You forgive her and God will forgive you. That's why he said, go and forgive. And forgiveness is, I'm sorry for resenting you. I realize you couldn't help it. Yeah. And that's what forgiveness, you're admitting that you are wrong for resenting her. And then God will forgive you. And then he will change your heart from anger to love. And now you have the power of God in you, which is God himself, to destroy the darkness, to, to get rid of the ego. Hmm. I'll try that. <laughs> <laughs> it's and forgive your father for not protecting you from your mother. He didn't know how to handle your mother. Yeah. He, he married his mama. Because you're attracted to what you hate. Uh-huh. So your mother is just like his mother, but he didn't know it, and he ended up marrying his mama. And so he didn't know how to protect you from her. He was afraid of her. Hmm. So I should forget both of them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll do it. <laughs> Smoke on it. Yeah. Yeah. And when you see it for yourself, not just because I said it, because I realize that a lot of people go and forgive, not because they truly see they need to do it. They do it because I said it. And when they, and when they do, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Because they don't see it. You got to see that you're wrong. You got to see that you're a sinner. Having anger is to sin, playing mm-hmm. God, right? You got to see that spiritually and then go and forgive, not just because someone said it and it sounds good. It doesn't work that way. I didn't know that until recently. It doesn't work. I didn't realize how people were getting it intellectually. Because when I saw it, I saw it spiritually that I needed to forgive. Yeah, you go through the motion. Like, you do it, but it doesn't, like... It doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. And then they wonder, why I still have anger? That's why they still have it, because they did it intellectually and not spiritually. Mm -hmm. Because when it was shown to me by God, that I resented my mother. I didn't know I resented my mother, right? He allowed me to see it. He caused me to see it. And there was a, a sadness about it that wasn't a human sadness. It was some other kind of sadness because I realized I was wrong for resenting her. She couldn't help it, right? And when I realized that, he took it away from me, and I went and forgave her. It was still hard to do it because I, was re- I didn't understand the mind at the time, but I did it anyway. And I realized later in life that that was the first hard step I had to take in life 
was to face my mother. But it's the beginning of overcoming. When you truly see that you resent your mother, and you, it, it, it's the hardest thing to do, but you face her anyway because the devil tells you, oh, that's your mother. She did all she could do. Your daddy beat her. Yeah, nothing to do with you. You forgive her, and God will forgive you. It, it's the beginning of an overcoming. So the first step is not to go and forget my, uh, forgive my, my mother, is to like, take the time to, to realize like, why sh I should yes, do it. Okay. Absolutely. Don't just run and do it just because I said it. Uh -huh. Because it'll be intellectually, and intellect is of the devil. It's just knowledge. It's mm -hmm. of the devil, right? You want to see it. You want to see in your own self that you, and admit it to yourself, even if you don't tell the world. When you can admit it to yourself, you do have it. That's the beginning of overcoming it. Then you go and forgive her. I'm sorry for resenting you. Don't, don't say, oh, forgive me, mama. She ain't going to forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> She'll pretend that she, oh, I forgive you, baby, but not really. <laughs> This is another way of controlling you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I get it. But that's the beginning of freedom. It's the beginning, and now you got the power. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. He will destroy the, the darkness, the old nature that's not yours. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome, man. Yes, sir. You had your hand, right? Yeah. Okay. So to get back to the real you, I wonder if it's... So sometimes I get a feeling of spaciousness, like objectivity or equanimity. So is that like the real you? Don't worry about the real you, because if you think about what is the real me, what do I, who am I, right? The devil going to play you with it. The real you, you cannot even fathom what it is. You can't, it's like thinking about who God is, right? If you try to think about who God is, the devil give you all kind of impressions of God, and it won't be God. All you need to work on is overcoming it, not you. You're not this fear. You're not this doubt. You're not this worry. And, and it'll be clear who you are. That way the devil can't play with your mind about it. Okay. That makes sense? Yes. Because the devil work on every thought. And that's why God said bring every imagination, every thought into captivity. Because he will use everything against you. It makes you think you know and you don't. So it's like being nothing. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Being nothing. Being nothing. No more identities. All your identities are fake. They're not real. Even when you think you're wonderful, that's a fake identity. Or when you think you're bad, that's a fake identity. You're neither one of those. You're, okay. You understand that? Yes. Yeah, I think just God breathed life, created us. He breathed life into us. And all we became was a living being. You just want to be. That's, so it's a feeling. It's not even a feeling. Yeah, it's not even a feeling. It's just a being. And life will happen on its own. It will happen. It will unfold by itself. It doesn't need your help. Life doesn't need you to feel something, be something, or anything. It just is. That makes sense? 
Okay. Yes. You can't, don't even try to figure it out. Because the devil will play on you and make you think you have it. Mm-hmm. All right? Yes. Yes, right. Just want to let, uh, understand, if the ego is the not you, then the real you is the one that uh, is born again when the ego dies. That's true, but I don't want you to hold on to that either. Because that's learned knowledge. So what, uh, if you uh, if you understand, just don't bo- uh, don't bother to pay attention to it. If you understand, there's nothing to pay attention to. A clear mind doesn't pay attention to anything. If your mind is clear, what is there to pay attention to? You know what I mean. I understand. Thank you. Yeah, and it's interesting because you can learn Christian things, the Bible. You can learn about God and spend a lifetime not knowing God. Isn't that amazing? And you say, you know, I got an email from a woman that says, I watch your show. I really like it. I've been, I've been in the hospital for antidepressant, suicide or something. And I met a lot of Christians in, I mean, in the hospital. I met a lot of Christians in the hospital who've been traumatized by Christianity. And I love the Lord. Can you give me some advice on how to talk to the Christians? And I was thinking, you don't love the Lord. Because if you love the Lord, you wouldn't be in no hospital for no antidepressant, hallucination, whatever it is, right? You don't have those things if you truly love God. So the answer is, be quiet, shut up. Don't try to help the Christians. Wait until you can see for yourself. That makes sense? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So the, the biblical question, how do you feel about yourself at the time of judging others, is that you need to keep your eye on yourself because if you truly saw you, you would never judge anyone. You would never hurt anyone. You would never judge anyone. Because in order to judge someone else, it means something wrong with you. And you're trying to, in one way or another, make yourself feel better than the person or people you're judging. And then if you care about someone judging you, you got problems. <laughs> because you're not supposed to care about that. It's an abnormal state of being. All right? Amazing. Brand new biblical question. Did I see your hand? I had it. Okay. Real, real fast. Okay. Um, I would just... Um Personally, I would say uh, I would try to steer away from trying to place a material description on the not you or God. It's immaterial. It's outside of all that. Once you start putting a name on it, you're going to start getting tricked. You're going to get played by the devil. Calling it even nothing is saying that like nothing can exist and nothing can't exist because it's nothing. Okay. But I digress. Thank you. Um, brand new biblical question. I forgot it. <laughs> oh. How do you define what's good and what's evil? What's your definition of good and what's your definition of evil? Amazing question. What's your definition of good and evil? Real fast. Um, I don't know if it, 
if you feel guilty about doing it, might be evil. That would be evil if you feel guilty. And what would be what would your definition for good? Good if I don't know. That's subjective to me. To helping someone, maybe helping someone. Yeah, if that, they need help, that, that would be good. That would be good. Oh, okay. What's your definition of good and evil? It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, um, you don't judge. I'll be on my way. I'm sorry. It's it's something within you. It's something within you. You don't put a definition. You can't, it's not something that you can define. So you have no definition of evil? How about good? Same. I'm sorry? Same. No definition. Okay. Amazing. I mean, because laws are made. I mean, what do you? How are you gonna? Who are you gonna follow it by? Who said wrong? Yeah. Who are you gonna follow it by? Like people, like laws that's defined something. It's neither. You know what's within. It's not a town hall meeting. You're not at a city council meeting. Thank you, man. No, repeat that. I'm sorry. Repeat it. Uh, There is no definition, and you just know from within. Okay. What's your definition of good and what's your definition of evil? How would you define it? Oh, my goodness. Real uh, fast. Not a long story. Um, we're over. I'm going to just define it in terms of leaders. Um, Ukrainian President Zelensky is good. No. Putin hey. is evil. No, no. What's your, hold on. Don't be screaming out. At, why are you screaming out like that? I'm not. Yes, you are. Now he lying. He just, we heard him scream. He said, I'm not. What the... What's your definition of good? Good is uh, uh, hope, encouragement, uh, positiveness, optimism. And what's uh, your definition of evil? Evil is pessimism and negativity. Okay. All right. Thank you. What, Hassan? One sentence. Okay. Love and hate. Your definition of evil and good is love and hate? Okay. That's the brand new biblical question for this week. All right. So I want to hear from you about it. Um, Become your own man. Become your own woman. Be still. The highest form of prayer is to be still and know God. That hooping and hollering stuff is a waste of time. Really. Be still and know God. So do the silent prayer morning and night. And uh, so during the day, if you get caught up in your imagination, You forget about the present. Take a moment. Come back to the present. Your body is in the present. All right. Come back to the present and things will start to happen. But you got to become your own man. You got to become your own woman. Everybody's a follower and it's a horrible mistake. You're going to end up in a ditch. All right. So thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for your support. We'll reach a super chat tomorrow on the show. All right. Uh, Bye. Oh, women's form. <laughs>